Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Hour number two, if you missed anything in the first hour, you can listen on the podcast, the podcast available on the TuneIn Radio app and on iTunes and on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the Tutel Nuwana's podcast. It's available thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. If you'd like to find us on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com is the website that you go to. They call them sites, and there they have tabs, and there are certain tabs called Listen Live. You click on that, and you can listen to a stream. It's very involved, but it's simpler than you think. I explain it because I know that we have a significant, you know, 60 and over demographic. Shout out to all of you. And it's sometimes hard to navigate the Internet. It's very, very complex tubes and corners and ones and zeros, binary. It's all very, very interesting. Anyway, you go to the website, you click on the Listen Live tab, you listen to the stream, and you do that because Opportunity Bank has made it possible. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Can I make a public service announcement? You bet. So we switched our podcasting hosting platform. So for people that, there's been people that are really confused by this. We've been, when we tweet it out and we try to promote the podcast of any sort, we've been using Spotify because it's very cohesive and very aesthetically appealing player. And it's a very commonly used platform. Some people have not been able to figure this out and that's fine. I just want to let everybody know if you, there's a variety of ways to get our podcast, both for two tell Nuanas and the big sky breakdown and if you were, by chance, you had it on your Apple podcast, for example, or you have it on Spotify, for example, if by chance you don't have the Big Sky Breakdown refreshing, you need to just go find it and resubscribe because we have a new hosting platform. So it's easy. You just make sure that, just like you did the very first time when you first learned about Two Tell Nuanas or the Big Sky Breakdown, just go to whatever platform you use, whatever hosting thing you use, whatever it is, your entry point, resubscribe. And it will be right there for you. Thank you for that PSA. Mm -hmm. I got another one for you. Sam Herter. Covers the FCS for Hero Sports. 
He's our friend. I'd like to think he's our friend. He seems like a nice guy. He's from the Midwest. There is no guile in him, and he is with us now on the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. Sam, how are you doing, man? Good to have you back. I am doing great, my friends. I think I think we can I think we can, we can call it that. And you know, we, we've talked plenty uh, through the the radio airwaves, and we also got to meet each other in in Spokane and. You know, what was that, June or July at the Big Sky kickoff? So, yeah, yeah, we're all, we're all friends here, right? That's right. I mean, when we talk to our radio friends around the country, it's a lot like sort of a blind date. And then when you meet in person, it's very <laughs> nerve-wracking to know, well, will I really like this person? And I'm happy to say, Sam, I like you. Uh, Sam, <laughs> let's start with uh, the obvious thing for you. You cover FCS nationally for Hero Sports. You're an NDSU alum. We forgive you that transgression, so we'll let that slide. But a huge... Huge, huge game this weekend. Really, it, it is and will be the biggest regular season game in the country at the FCS level this weekend in Brookings, South Carolina, as NDSU takes on number three, South Dakota State. First of all, you're going to this game. What do you anticipate from the atmosphere? What's it going to be like in Brookings? And is is is, is Fargo just going to overrun Brookings, South, <laughs> South Dakota and just embarrass the Jackrabbit and the Jackrabbit's fan base with just green and gold everywhere? Well, it's going to be an electric atmosphere, and I think already Bison fans travel so well, and they travel so well to uh, to South Dakota State when the Bison do play there. But I think now with the fact that game day is there, I've seen a lot of Bison fans tweeting or tweeting at me saying that they don't even have tickets because the game is sold out. But they're 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 going to be there with their with their green on. They're going to make some signs. They're going to bring their their Bison flags, and they're going to try to you know make it more more green than blue and i i just hope that that no one wears gold uh because you know no one's going to know who they're cheering for um, <laughs> right. i think I, I think I, yeah i think it's going to be a really cool scene in in brookings and on the television uh for espn game day and i hope you know i hope it is a 50 50 split just because that would be so cool to see uh you know some green uh some blue and i, I don't know you know, I don't watch game day every week, uh, but I do tune in quite a bit. I, it's usually all the same color uh, for the most part, so it would be cool to kind of see that 50-50 split. And I think Bison fans are, are going to do their best to make it 50-50 and maybe maybe make it 60%. I don't know. We'll have to see. I know you've been to a couple of these when they were in Fargo. So what's the process like when game day comes to a, a small town? I mean, Fargo is actually a giant town compared to Brookings. Brookings has to be the smallest town that college game day has ever gone to. I mean, it's like 25,000 people. So well, what's the just the logistical process with ESPN and all the production people and everything just roll into town? Yeah, it is quite the process. And, I mean, Fargo is quite a bit easier to get to. You know, there's an airport there. I think the, the closest airport to Brookings would be would be Sioux Falls. And, you know, Sioux Falls, or Brookings is a, is a small town. Uh, it's, I think, around 20,000 people there. Meanwhile, Fargo, West Fargo, Moorhead, that whole area is, has more than 200,000 people there. So it is quite a bit of a, a difference. Um, but, you know, I, I like Brookings. I've been there plenty of times. Um, it, it's a nice town. The, the campus is really nice. The facilities there are really nice. So I think it's going to be a, a cool setting. What I'm interested, I didn't get a chance to, to ask um, anyone this, but I, I know the hotels um, and all the lodgings have been booked up, you know, two weeks ago. And so, so I'm kind of curious as to, okay, they have all these ESPN guys coming to town. Where are they staying? Where, where are they putting them? Or do they have to, you know, stay in Sioux Falls and drive back and forth every day? Just because I know for a fact, because I was looking, 
that hotels, all the hotels in Brookings were overbooked up a couple of weeks ago. So that'd be that's kind of an interesting dynamic of all right, how do we house all these people, all these trucks uh, coming into town? Covered wagon would be my my next <laughs> option, right? I mean, it is. Yeah, there's plenty of those laying around. <laughs> to answer my Possibly. own. To answer my own question, Brookings, South Dakota, 22,000 people. They, David, okay. David, our producer, points out that the smallest to ever host college game day was Williamstown, Massachusetts, the home of Division Three Williams College. Game day visited there back in 2007 when Williams hosted Amherst, the only time the show has ever went to a non-Division One matchup. Williamstown, Massachusetts, for those wondering. 7,700 people. That's all. So that's a that's a crazy statistic. But Sam, I think that everything you just talked about in terms of uh, the production that it's going to be and, and you know how it's tough to get to Brookings, I think those are um, interesting factors when you talk about the rise of South Dakota State. I mean, South Dakota State was a Division II team not that long ago. In the 21st century, South Dakota State was a Division II team, uh-huh. and they've worked their way up uh, to be now – a perennial power. They've been consistently in the top five in the FCS for the last four or five years. I remember that first sort of breakthrough group when they had Zach Zenner. I remember covering them in the FCS playoffs in Bozeman 2014. And since then, mm-hmm. you know, Taron Christian and Jake Weineke and all these great players. But when you have the challenges that they do, they don't even have an airport there to recruit with. How has South Dakota State been able to do it? I know they have great facilities, but what else has been factors in them rising to the power that they've become? Yeah, uh, you know, one, they have a really good coaching staff. Um, they stay relatively intact. It's not like a like a Northern Iowa where there's there's two or three coaches leaving every year for different assistant coaching jobs. Uh, you know, the staff has stayed intact. Now, they do have new coordinators. Their coordinators left after last season, uh, but they hired in-house. So, for the most part, um, I think just the, just the fact that they have a really good coaching staff, they recruit really well they recruit the right way you know they're not kind of those shady recruiters that some colleges are and you know coach Stig, the head coach is really a, a genuine guy so i think you start there uh, with their ability to recruit and then they, they've really you know invested in in their program and it, it's interesting because north dakota state and south dakota state made the the, the division one transition together it was kind of an arm-in-arm effort uh, and, they, and they both made the transition together. And at first, it was, it was a bit of a, a friendly uh, rivalry, I, I would say. And, and you know, back in the back in the two thousands, but now it, it's gotten a little more heated. But I think with South Dakota State, it's interesting because, like like I said, they they made the jump together. South Dakota State in the early two thousand tens was a good program. Uh, they consistently made the second round. But then you have the rivals to the north at North Dakota State being an, an, an elite program, winning five straight national championships during the early 2010s from 2011 to 2015. And I talked to their recruiting coordinator, South Dakota State's recruit, recruiting coordinator, Dan Jackson, about this, and they knew for them to take that next step and instead of being a top-20 team to be a top-5 team, maybe a top-3 team, one, they had to get better facilities, which they did. They had a dramatic facelift in, in facilities, practice facilities, yeah, you know, new stadium, all that. And they also took a new approach to recruiting. And, um, you know, I do have an, an article on this on heroesports.com, so I won't get, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty lengthy article, so I won't dive too much into it. But they, but they took a different approach to recruiting, and that has allowed them to kind of get that next-level athlete on campus. And, and we've seen that these last few years where they just keep on reloading and making deep playoff runs. 
If you'd like to hear Sam break down this game in detail, because nobody knows more about both these teams together in this game than he does, go listen to the FCS Speculators podcast. It's out right now. Uh, you go search that thing, and he uh, he gives you a solid breakdown, five minutes on these two teams and what to expect. But for the sake of this show right here, what do you think is going to happen on Saturday? South Dakota State is a four-and-a-half-point home underdog. I'm not asking you to pick against the spread or whatever, but just for in terms of, of favorites and who's who's you know is the favorite, it's obviously NDSU, but it's not overly favored, not overwhelming the way the Bison are usually overwhelmingly favored. How do you think this game is going to play out Saturday? I, I do have the Bison winning uh, in my score predictions. I have NDSU winning 29-20. to 20. Um, I think NDSU is going to be one of those games where it's, it's really tight, and then maybe NDSU scores late to seal it. But it, it, it's going to be a, a really interesting matchup. And for me, um, you know, I'm interesting to, interested to see how the first quarter plays out because usually you, you go all the way back to 2016, usually it's South Dakota State throwing the first punch in, the, in these matchups. Even when NDSU has won decisively, it's been South Dakota State going up 7 nothing, 10 nothing early. And, um, and it always seems like they have a really, really good, you know, first series script where, where they, they scheme everything up and they get a quick, a quick score on NDSU. And I'm interested to see if that happens this time because while it's a, overall a pretty veteran team, a veteran coaching staff, there is that ESPN game day factor and there's trucks and cameras and there's more interviews than usual. And I don't know if it will be a distraction at all. But I think if it is, we'll see that right away in the first quarter. So, so that's something that I'm looking for. But, you know, once these two teams dig in, they're, they're so evenly matched that, that I expect a, another classic battle between these two. One o'clock Mountain kickoff uh, of that football game on ESPN Plus. You can check it out. Okay, now let's get to the games that really matter: the Big Sky Conference, Sam. Okay, this is what we care about around here. Uh, for crying out loud! So we have this unique situation because Montana State had a bye. Both the Grizzlies and the Bobcats are both coming off losses to the same team, Sacramento State. Let's start with Sacramento State. They go from unranked to fifteenth in the nation, now up to seventh in the nation in the stats FCS poll. Uh, what is your uh, perception as you look at the FCS nationally, because that's what you do, of Sacramento State? Yeah, incredibly impressive with Sacramento State. And it's one of those things for me. I mean, I have to give a shout out to Brian McLaughlin, uh, who's also with Hero Sports. He had Sacramento State ranked before the Eastern Washington win. And, you know, I, I was a little more patient with Sacramento State. They beat Eastern Washington, so I had them, you know, right around 25. They beat Montana State, and that made me go, okay, you know, is this, is this team legit, or is Montana State maybe not as good as I thought? But, you know, what, what do I make of the Sacramento State team? And then last week, the Hornets go on and, and handle Montana, and that tells me that this team, you know, is a, a, a top team. Maybe maybe not a Tier 1 team at the level of North Dakota State, James Madison, but I do think they're right there. And right now, you look at their, their resume, they're 4-0 against FCS opponents. They, they have a couple of ranked wins. Uh, three, if you include Eastern Washington, Eastern Washington, who was ranked back then. But I mean, they're they're, they're so balanced. Uh, their defense has drastically improved. Their offense can can score on you and get yards on you on and you know in a multiple multitude of ways. And just really impressed with that team. And and the thing that is most impressive to me is the coaching staff. For the most part, they're doing it with the same players. So that to me tells me, you know, this team always had talent. It's just when they get coached up a little bit better, maybe the scheme, you know fits their strength a little bit better, you know, how far coaching can get you um, with the right talent, of course, in college football. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. 
I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. Big Sky Power Rankings, one through five, go. Oh, boy. Probably, <laughs> you know, Sacramento State, one, Weber, Weber State, two, Montana, then Montana State. And then after that, uh, boy, it's, it's kind of a, a jumbled mess from there. It is. Because Idaho could be there if they're playing at home, or they could be dead last if they're playing on the road, right? And you got, yeah. a team, you got a team like Portland State, who's all of a sudden won five games, and they, they've been competitive. And well, it's, but it's got to be UC Davis right UC or, Davis. Or Eastern. Probably UC yeah, Davis I, right I, now. I was thinking pro- probably between UC Davis and Eastern Washington for me, and, and that's one of those things where I, I know the talent is there, so I'm maybe... Maybe I'm biased toward my preseason rankings where I think these teams are going to be really good. So I'm kind of waiting for UC Davis and Eastern Washington to, you know, all of a sudden, all right, this is the team I expected to see. So probably one of those two is going to be fighting for that, that fifth place spot. And I don't know if the, if the fifth best team in the big sky will make the playoffs this year. It might be four teams, but I do think UC Davis or Eastern Washington, one of those teams is probably rounding out that top five. Sam Herder from Hero Sports joining us. He's at Sam Herder FCS on Twitter if you're looking for him. And, uh, Sam, let's talk about the Montana and Montana State football teams here just specifically to, to wrap up with you. What is the – you know, they're, they're still ranked. They were highly ranked. They fall back, obviously, a little bit after the loss. But with people's increased perception of Sacramento State, those losses – even though they were they were dominant losses, uh, they they maybe are not as bad as maybe they you would have thought at the beginning of the season. But nonetheless, what do people? What is your perception of those two teams right now as we sit at the halfway point, basically of the conference season? Yeah, I mean, I think they're sitting just fine. And to me, those, those Sacramento State losses, like you said, they aren't terrible losses, but they do tell me okay, these teams probably aren't ready just yet to to really make that huge jump in the national pitcher, but these, these are two teams that I feel are, are still uh, you know, going to make the playoffs. Um, one of them still has the potential to, to get a seed. Both of them right now are 5-1 and one against FCS opponents with that one loss coming to now what is a highly ranked team. So their resumes are just fine um, right now. And, and going forward, their, their schedules are they're not bad. There are, there are definitely some challenges on there, um, especially the last two games for both of these teams, but to me, I feel like it's not going to be like last year where whoever won uh, that, that last regular season game, is it was basically a playoff playing game. I think 
by the, by the time the Brawl of the Wild comes around, that game, both of those teams are already going to be you know in the playoffs. I think the winner of that game is going to get a, a six, seven, or eight seed. So I, I think both of these teams are going to be in the playoffs. They'll already basically have their playoffs sealed up by the time that last game of the regular season comes around. And I do think the stakes in that game could be huge. You know, with, like what I said, a potential seed on the line there. As it always is. Come to Bozeman. We'll, we'll take you out for some soda oh, pops. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Sam. <laughs> tell, tell, tell McLaughlin you guys need to make the trip and uh, get some hero sports action at the Brawl in Bozeman, November 23rd. We'll see you there. You know, we, we have made that pitch uh, to, to the higher-ups, um, you know, and, and we're waiting to hear back. Um, they, they like the idea, but we're waiting to hear back, you know, on, on everything. Cause we also have to – we'll be traveling to Frisco as well, so – not 100% sure uh, that I'll be at the Brawl of the Wild game, but I have made that pitch. So I would say right now, 50-50 chance I'll be there. Great. We'll see you at the cannery. Sit, well, Sam, we try and make personal requests, <laughs> but on a public forum to apply pressure. See, that's what we do. This should have been, right, should yeah, have been a conversation like that you had off the record, but now it's out there for everybody. So now it has to be like responded I, I to. Like yeah, I feel like I have to come now. Yes, I mean, you do. There. Yes, you do. I mean, it's very close to where you are. It's a hop, skip, and a jump. Uh, Sam, we appreciate it very much. Again, at uh, Sam Herder FCS uh, on Twitter. He writes for Hero Sports, covers the FCS nationally, does a great job. Go track him down, read his stuff, and, uh, and listen to him because he knows what he's talking about. Sam, thanks so much for being with us, man. Of course. Thank you guys for having me on. There you go. Sam Herder, Hero Sports, does a great job. What do you think? About that game? I don't know. You had a twinkle in your eye. I thought you had a thought. Oh, I was just thinking about the future, which I hate doing. Okay. Because it robs you from the present. <laughs> but it is so fun to think, man, what is going to be on the line when the Cats play the right. guys? Right. The best part about that rivalry game is it doesn't, the cliche is that it doesn't matter what the status of the season is for these two teams. But now they've already banked enough wins where there's all sorts of different things. This could be both teams fighting for one playoff spot. It could be both teams fighting for one playoff seed. It could be both teams fighting for one seed above another seed. It could be you win, you get a seed, you lose, you're still in the playoffs. You win, you get a seed, you lose, you're out. I mean, there's every scenario you could possibly think of is on the table. I mean, there there is still the, there is the very, very slim chance that it could just be straight up for pride. It could be win and you get nothing besides the Great Divide Trophy. But no matter what, a lot riding on the line. And there's a lot riding on the line for this game in South Dakota State, North Dakota State this week, too. This is, we said earlier in the week, but when we were breaking down the schedules, all these unbalanced schedules and stuff, it's all culminating now in what's going to be this next five weeks. Right. And we've had some games of consequence, and obviously Sac State rising up and making that each of the last three weeks have that game be a big game has impacted what we speculated would occur, but UC Davis and Weber State playing in a huge game this weekend. Montana playing in Eastern Washington in a huge game. Even if Eastern's not the you know top 10 team we thought they they were ranked in the beginning of the year, it's still a gigantic game because it, it, it playoff implications both sides. Montana State, North Dakota, playoff implications both sides. James Madison, Towson. I mean, there's a ton of huge games in the country this week, so this is when it starts to get really, really fun. You know what I... You know what I've... One, one thing that has been... I, I couldn't put my finger on it. I think I just have about what has been sort of bewildering to me about both Montana and Montana state and trying to assess what they are hmm. the, between the two of them were 12 games in 
right, in total, mm-hmm. there's been one, one close game. And it was Cal Poly in Montana State going into overtime. And that wasn't even a close game until the end. Every other game has cats been... Cats against Western Illinois is kind of close because the Cats played terrible. <laughs> I mean, even that, though, was, I think, a 10-point game. Nine-point game. Nine, okay. And... And Montana State, I, they haven't been within 14 points, even maybe 20 points, either direction, usually on the winning side, uh, of, of anybody. They're, but they're two losses, effectively, blowouts. And every win has been, effectively, a blowout. I would love to see Montana play in a close game. And see, well, I, see I, also, I also think that to try to put the the narrative of the fourth quarter meltdowns in the rear view as far as he possibly can, Bobby Houck has been had had his foot on the gas pedal to the max. Sure. Like at home, like I mean, you don't want to accuse somebody of running it up, but like they were scoring as many points they possibly could against Monmouth and Idaho State. I mean, let's just keep this thing rolling. We're gonna score mm-hmm. and score. If you can't stop us, sucks to be you, because they wanted to Put it in the rear view that they can't finish games. And that's fine. But those games were never going to be close, ultimately. Oh, no, no, right? totally. But, but I mean, they got even way more lopsided than, you know, I mean, again, I'm not sorry to accuse anybody of rolling it up or anything. You're just running your rhythm-based stuff. But, like, Sac State, gas pedal to the floor till the beginning of the fourth quarter. Now they're up 20. Let Giorgio be now just wreak havoc. We're going to take our points, and we're going to win by 25. And that's what they've done the last three weeks. Whereas Montana, let's just keep this thing yeah, rolling. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. I mean, I think Eastern Washington Eastern Washington will be the most like opponent that Montana will have played this year, it seems to me. And so, mm. I, let me say that differently. Eastern Washington will be the team that has the highest likelihood of playing a relatively close game one direction or the other. What if I told Montana. you I thought Eastern, that Idaho State was better than Eastern Washington? It's fine. If you're going to tell me that you think it's going to be 59-20, I don't. I don't. I just, think I, I just think Idaho State is better than Eastern Washington on defense. I don't think Idaho State is anything other than either great or awful. Like, there's two ways to be average. You can be average, or you can be really good and then really bad, and they've been both. It's true. I, I just think that Idaho State's a lot better on defense. Okay. And I think they're a lot better at the skill. I think they're better everywhere besides quarterback, honestly. I think Idaho State is better at almost every position on the football field with the exception of quarterback. Well, if you want to know about the Eastern Washington defense, and I, I think the Montana defense is pretty good, the over-under on this game is like 75 points. I mean, it's gigantic. It's a huge amount of points that the that, that, is quote unquote expected to be scored especially on Saturday, the, especially considering the Grizz were leading the conference in scoring defense until last week. Good gracious! And they still might be. I actually haven't checked the stats this week. Bear with me. Scoring defense, Montana's still fourth in the league, twenty five mm-hmm. points per game. They're giving up twenty before the Sac State game. So to have a an over under of seventy five, a lot of sports expected. I, I mean, Eastern it can score. I mean, Eric Berry has thrown five touchdowns in a game three different times. Yeah. So I'm not trying to demean Easter whatsoever. I'm just saying that, I don't know, man. I, I just, I think that there's a lot more than meets the eye about Eastern Washington. And guess what? We're about to find all about it. Cause Ryan Collingwood, the beat writer of the Eastern Washington Eagles for the spokesman review. Going to join us right after this. Right. We'll get to him uh, right now. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. 
Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutelt, Colton Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Sports Center. Here's some sports news for you. Montana senior running uh, runner June Eastwood is the first openly transgender cross-country track athlete in NCAA Division I history. And she was named the Big Sky Conference Athlete of the Week this week. The Belgrade, pro- Belgrade product notched a second-place finish at the Bronco Invitational on Saturday morning. Eastwood covered the six-kilometer course in a time of 20 minutes, 18 seconds to finish one second behind San Jose State's Jenny Sandoval in a field of more than 200 runners. Eastwood has now finished seventh or better at all four of Montana's races this season. She won the Montana Invitational earlier this month and placed third at the Montana State Classic in mid-September. The brackets for the Class AA Girls and Boys State Soccer Playoffs are set, and the action begins at host sites on Friday. Missoula Hellgate, who won three straight boys' state championships before losing to the Bozeman Hawks in the state title match last fall, Post billing Skyview at noon Saturday and the Class AA Girls Tournament, Bozeman and Helena High have the first match at 1 p.m. Friday. Defending champion Billings Skyview and Missoula Sentinel kick off at 2 p.m. Saturday. Missoula Hellgate girls play Billings West beginning an hour later. And finally, the Washington Nationals hung seven, six runs in the seventh inning in Game 2 in the World Series last night en route to a 12-3 win over the Houston Astros. The Nats now have a 2-0 series lead and are headed home for Game 3 tomorrow night. It can be heard here on ESPN Radio. Did you just give yourself a paper cut trying to throw the news at me? I wasn't even going to throw it at you. I never throw it at you. I know. It's because you're scared. No, it's not. It's because I suffered a terrible eye injury on President's Day of 2008. And like your mother said, you never know when you might poke someone's eye out. Was it from paper? No, it was from somebody's finger going behind my eyeball, dislodging it from the eye socket. Multiple retinal ruptures, choroidal arteries, all sorts of stuff. Okay. The point is, you're scared. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83, and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sitting right here. No, I'll like just I'm wait to punch you so we're not on live television. No, you know, it's, it's all posturing out of you. <laughs> We go now to the Regis Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in our buddy Ryan Collingwood. He covers the Eastern Washington Eagles for the Spokesman Review in Spokane and uh, presumably Cheney. Hi, Ryan. How you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How you guys doing today? Uh, we are doing great. Appreciate the ask. Uh, we would like to know what's going to happen at the Eastern Washington Grizzly game. You know, I got a big Saturday, uh, Wisconsin, Ohio State, LSU is playing Auburn. So I, I'm kind of booked. So rather than go to the game, <laughs> I just want here. you to tell me what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, a couple weeks ago, I didn't think so, but. Uh, it seems like some circumstances may have changed in the last few days. I, I guess we'll see for sure on Saturday. 
but right now I'm just using common sense and how crutches work and how your feet work and all that stuff. Well, I'm assuming uh, Cam Humphrey will play. I mean, we'll find out Saturday morning if that's true or not. But, uh, uh, you know, this is a uh, Eastern team that's had some struggles on the road. Um, inconsistent offensively. It's uh, shredded up the teams. It's supposed to shred up and the decent teams it's had troubles with. So, um, obviously, it's a big rivalry game. Montana, uh, they get pretty hyped when they're in Washington Grizz Stadium. Uh, these two teams haven't played each other for a couple of years, so there's a little picked up aggression there, and uh, should fight for its life right now. And Montana wants to prove it's still legitimate after getting smacked at Sac State, which happened to Eastern three weeks ago. So I think it's going to come down to uh, uh, secondaries, really. So uh, which, which, either, which one allows the least amount of yards to probably win? Take us through just kind of the arc of this last year or so for Eastern Washington because Gabe Gubert goes down. I think everybody around the league, very similar to the situation Montana's in right now, although I think people have a little bit more of a gauge on what Cam Humphrey might be than people did on Eric Berrier. But when Gabe Gubert went down, man, you got an All-American candidate. What's going to happen at Eastern? And then two weeks into the Eric Berrier era, they lose to Weber State, and everybody's like, man, okay, Eastern's probably going to fade. Berrier catches fire rips it up completely down the stretch to lead Eastern all the way to the national championship game. And then they lose so many players from last year. And now, like you said, they've been Jekyll and Hyde between home and away. They're undefeated at home. They're defeated on the road. And that's what's gotten them to this three and four record. So first of all, just take us through the arc of what it's been like as this team sort of tries to rebuild and what have been the biggest differences you notice when Eastern's playing well and when they're not. Yeah, you know, they, they come in pretty, you know, they have a high ranking. Um, people think, I mean, they returned a ton of talent, especially on offense. And, uh, you know, they come in, get smacked by UW. That was expected. And then they smack Lindenwood. That was expected. Like, we on Jacksonville. Looked pretty good for most of the game, but then kind of just melt away. Uh, defense struggled. Offense stalled. That, um, that heartbreaking loss carry into Idaho. Idaho pushed them around in Moscow, and people didn't see that coming. Uh, their offense also stalled down there, was hit and miss, and then they come back. Um, North Dakota, they play them. North Dakota, it was a day in which, you know, North Dakota, it was snowing in Cheney, and North Dakota was trying to pass all the time in their intermediate passing game. The running game's not great. Eastern's at home. Eastern can run the ball at home. They win there. Sac State handles them down there. Uh, more offensive stalls, more inconsistent offense, and you know they and they uh, beat Northern Colorado. That was expected, and and now here they are today, um, relatively healthy on offense. Defense misses Chris Ojo. I mean, there's been injuries this year, but it's, it's been nothing. I mean, it's the it's a typical wear and tear of any college football team where you lose some guys and some depth guys, but for the most part, the Chris Ojo loss has been the biggest. Uh, you know, he's on the depth chart as a starter, but that doesn't really mean too much anymore. So um, we'll see if he plays, but he wasn't tied up on Tuesday and he hasn't tied up for about over a month now. So, um, so you know, you have that, you have scheme changes, you have a new, uh, you lose both offensive coordinators, you know, where you lose offensive coordinator to North Texas. He was a defensive coordinator to Boise State. Those guys were kind of had things rolling for a bit. And then, um, I mean, the, the, most of the seniors they lost uh, were better. I mean, they had some guys on offense, but mostly the defensive guys. And they lost their, all their corners, like all four of them that played were gone. 
And a lot of those guys were just the leaders. You know, they were vocal leaders, had been there forever. And I think that's a big thing Eastern's kind of missing, too. I mean, there's some leaders there, but I think last year's guys were a little different. They were more vocal and a little more, uh, you know, assertive in that regard. So, so you, what you got now, and you have an offense, they're playing different than last year. You know, I've been hit and miss. Um, you can point that to a bunch of things. But uh, and now you have a three and four football team that needs to win every game have a chance to get into the playoffs so if they lose one more they're not getting in which is pretty wild to think about considering how high they were ranked in this preseason uh the amount of firepower they had on offense so um this is a pretty big game for them you know it's interesting ryan because if you look at the eastern washington season at this point almost all of the games are explicable like the loss of sacramento state at first you go oh, well how did that happen and now sacramento mm-hmm. state's you yeah. know top 10 team in the nation you go okay but the one game mm-hmm. that seems like this giant outlier is the loss at mm-hmm. idaho and idaho mm-hmm. loses to northern colorado of all teams and they beat down idaho state last week so who, who knows what idaho kind of is but was that what happened in that game and was that a a, a a point that felt like a real tipping point for this team yeah, I think when Idaho lost Northern Colorado, they I think they lost even more. I think they were down a few starters that game. I mean, obviously, you know, it's never good to lose at Northern Colorado, but it was, you know, they were down there in Greeley, and they had some guys that were out that played against Eastern that were good. But um, Idaho, Mason Bertrino looked like Heisman against Eastern. Um, he, uh, he did some good things, and the thing is, I think – they did. They attacked every Eastern weakness perfectly down there. They, uh, I mean, that Cotton guy was posterizing Eastern's corners, and uh, and Petrino was just hitting the spots. And then they have, they have, I mean, they have a couple of bulldozing running backs in Idaho. They're decent. I mean, they they're not bad. So I think it was. I mean, Eastern just was not getting much going on. I mean, Idaho is a way better team in the dome. You know, they they give everybody trouble there, and then they're just horrible away from it. But uh, you know, Eastern's secondary just got shredded up pretty much for a, more than a half, and um, they didn't play very well, really. I mean, basically what it comes down to, I don't think Idaho is, like, better than Eastern, like, player for player or anything like that, but you go down there, play bad, and against a team that's confident at home, I don't care what's going on, you're going to be in a trouble, and then Eastern just, I mean, they, they, made a, they made a pretty big effort to come back in the second half, but even then, like, they... They shot themselves in the foot and couldn't get over the hump. So um, it just it just it was kind of wild to see that. But that's that's college football, you know. Especially in the Big Sky this year, where it seems like every I mean, look at North Dakota, how good they are in the dome, and how bad they are away from it. Same with same with Idaho and Eastern can't win away, and you know it's pretty wild. Yeah, well, it is pretty wild. That's why we love it. Uh, Ryan, like you said, huge game, especially for Eastern. Maybe their season hanging in the balance, or at least their postseason hanging in the balance Saturday at Washington Grizzly. We'll look forward to seeing you. We appreciate you coming on and being with us here, okay? Thanks, guys. We'll see you Saturday. Okay, you got it. Ryan Collingwood covers the Eastern Washington Eagles for the Spokesman Review. And it is interesting because, you know, here in the state of Montana, we look at everything generally through a Montana lens, whether it's the Bobcats, the Grizzlies, whatever. But if you're looking at this through an Eastern Washington lens, I mean, this is the season coming to to Missoula on Saturday, and it's going to be, I mean, we talk about the rivalry, you put get up for the game and everything like that, but th- this is a team that should be playing with great desperation on Saturday, given what is in the balance if 
you know, if they don't win it. And Eastern over the last 10 years has the arc of their program has been so interesting because they've they've had these groups of stellar offensive players in, in the turn of the decade. It was Bo Levi Mitchell and Brandon Kaufman, Nick Edwards, Greg Hurd. And then when they lost those guys, they reload with a new group, Vernon Adams, Cooper Cup, Kendrick Bourne, Shaq Hill. But those guys took just a little bit to get acclimated. And now they've gone through this. Then they had this new wave with Eric Berry and all these guys. And it's taken a little mo- a, bit, a bit of a moment for them to get reacclimated as they try to reload again. But they've been in this backs-against-the-wall situation during each of these cycles. And there's been three different times when they've surged and won all the way down the stretch and gotten to the bubble and or to the playoffs. And so you want, I mean, they know how to do it. And everybody can talk about, you know, Aaron Best, third-year head coach, the roster starting to become his. And I think that there's some validity to that, but also Aaron Best played at Eastern Washington and he coached at Eastern Washington. He has been at Eastern Washington for 23 years. He's been a part of the whole thing. Yeah. From Mike Kramer to Paul Wolf to Bo Baldwin. And the jury remains out on whether he can be the caliber of head coach that they've had previously. And that's no knock on him as much as it is just a, a complete cap. a complete testament to the fact yeah. that, I mean, those three guys I named previously are three of the better coaches in the history of the league. Bo Baldwin, one of the best coaches ever in the Big Sky Conference. So take over for that guy. It's huge shoes to fill, no doubt. But best knows how how the, the, the element of momentum works in a season. Right. He knows how to conjure belief. So... We'll see. I mean, I, I agree. I think that I think that just on paper, Eastern, they're still acclimating to their schemes. They're still acclimating to their new leadership, as Ryan pointed out. And I think they have a little bit of a gap in talent. That said, a cornered wounded animal is never one you want to play, especially when the, the head of the snake is Eric Berrier. So they are an incredibly dangerous team, even if on paper the Grizz are substantially more talented. No doubt. Uh, well, we uh, took submissions all week for tickets to this game. Let's see if we can give some tickets away. Let's see if we can get a, a, a winner on the line and track somebody down. They was going to make the call here. See if we can get somebody in here to uh, win these tickets because we did take calls all week long. I we'll have tickets, by the way, to every home Grizz game uh, all season long. So uh, this one for a pair of tickets to go see the Grizzlies and Eastern Washington. Hello. Hello. Is this Ryan? Yeah. This is Ryan Tutel from Tutel and Nuanas. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing great. Did you register for Grizz Eastern Washington tickets with us this week? I did. What would you say if we pulled your name out and you were going to the game? That's great. You, awesome. You, my friend, are all set. It's not because your first name's Ryan. That did help, though. I mean, that's a little icing on I the mean, cake there. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, congratulations. Thanks for Thank listening. You. Well done Absolutely. by you. You guys are great. Appreciate that. You can come by our office and pick them up anytime. Give your information to David in the back. Sounds great. All right, Ryan, Thanks congratulations. There you go. Congratulations, Ryan. How about that? Ryan and Ryan. Now, listen, we do this randomly, okay? People are going to go, oh, you just picked your – I didn't pick my own name, okay? Well, I did pick my own name, but it's not because you had my name, okay? That's all I'm trying to say. It's a very common name. Boys and girls – Thursday means it's Thursday night football. We're in between the World Series games, although it was a shocker to me last night the way that went down. 12 to 3, the final for the Nats. We're going to cover both the World Series and Vikings, Washington next. 
Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have to do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. FCS Speculators Podcast out now. Get to it while the getting's good, you know. That is uh, to say immediately. Uh, Sam Herter, who was on with us earlier, was great. He's featured in there uh, along with a couple other of our friends from around the country covering uh, teams from about James Madison, Sam Houston State. So uh, go go listen to that and uh, get all the information that, well, you can't get really anywhere else. It's been exponentially helpful for me, too, because, as you know, I – Spend as Jeff Choate said, we spend an inordinate amount of our time watching each other on tape. Yes, and I do that too. Just so, you know, going through real quick, just to get some sort of so I can Feel. so not sound like an idiot when we're talking about all the other Big Sky teams and the Big Sky games that are outside of Montana. But you know, monitoring scores, monitoring game stats, even catching it for 10, 15, 20 minutes, it's not the same as getting it from the dudes who watch every single second of it. Right. So getting a feel for the CAA and the Southland and. Some of these other leagues from these fellow writers has been it's been cool. It's been fun. Yeah, Greg Medea uh, from the Daily News Record in Harrisburg, Virginia, covering uh, uh, James Madison was great. Uh, knows all about it, and Josh Criswell as well from Huntsville, Texas, the Huntsville item there, covering Sam Houston along with Sam Herter. So phenomenal stuff from like you said, guys who know, guys who watch every game, and you just can't you can't appreciate what a team is doing. The same way that a guy who is embedded, uh, quote unquote, embedded with the with the team can. It's just a fact of the matter. Uh, Coulter, uh, by the way, uh, we are gonna listen. We'll, we'll talk about the Washington and Minnesota game here in just a moment. But want to remind everybody every Friday now, if you're listening to the show, we're doing picks against the spread. Okay, for fun, we're having some fun on the show. Some picks against the spread. We will. We pick five games. Okay, the top five games that we think people are interested in. But you can have your input. So at Gus Tutel at one hundred two nine ESPN. Go onto those handles and tweet us uh, the games, uh, the NFL games that you would like us to talk about on the air. So if you have uh, you know input teams that you're fans of that you want to hear what we think about, go ahead uh, at one hundred two nine ESPN and we will uh, respond to those. And uh, you know you might make the show. So I uh, want to uh, leave that out there for you tonight. Coulter Washington versus uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings a sixteen and a half point. Home favorite on Thursday night football. Uh, no surprise there. I don't know if Adrian Peterson is a go tonight. I don't know if Chris Thompson is a go tonight. What I do know is that Washington is a terrible football team. Terrible. And 
They only beat the Dolphins by one. By one point. Enough said. Let me ask you this. Could the Dolphins get their first win on Monday? Who they play? The Pittsburgh Steelers. No. What? No. The third-string quarterback. Mason Rudolph quarterback. is active on the fantasy football wire. You know, it's unclear to me whether that's a good thing. <laughs> it's do well. <laughs> no kidding. The Steelers are two and five, dude. Two and five. They're bad. not the Dolphins, yeah. bro. We're, we we will not do that uh, now because we'll do that on Monday. No, we got to talk uh, about this. David game. telling us now. Adrian Peterson is active. Will play tonight. He has been he is, since uh, 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 Jay Gruden was fired. He has become kind of the lead back in Washington now uh, and going home. Right back to like that's the storyline of this game is Adrian Peterson's return to Minnesota uh, against the Vikings. But the Vikings, look, man. What if, what if, what if this happens? Man, this would make my day if Kirk Cousins just implodes and Washington wins this football game. Kirk Cousins could implode and Washington still won't win this football game. Is there any scenario? No. None. None. Okay. Everson Griffin, Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, and Anthony Barr don't show up to the game. Maybe the Redskins could win. <laughs> the bus straight up, turn. straight up. Kirk Cousins <laughs> throws three picks. Dalvin Cook breaks his ankle, and Stephon Diggs decides that he doesn't want to play. The Vikings would still win this game. Okay, I like. Actually, I don't think that's actually I like true. <laughs> I don't actually think that is true. I do actually love the little mini me backup running back that the Vikings have, though he looks just like Dalvin Cook. Like when he's in the game, if you don't notice the number, you're like, oh, Dalvin Cook again. No, mm. that's the backup. Mm. He's great. Uh, I mean, the Vikings have some. They have great. Offensive skill talent, and they're excellent on defense. Now, I know what you're doing here. You are 16 and a half points. You're taking Minnesota and laying the points on that uh, on that spread because you think they're going to win by 30. I don't think they're going to win by 30, but I think they're going to score at will. I mean, their offense is clicking on a, a high level in the last three weeks. Has been. I mean, they were leading the league in rushing before Kirk Cousins started pulling. What about Adam Thielen? David, talks to me in my ear. Adam, He's out. Adam Thielen's He's out. out. Yeah. Okay, great. And I, you know. Not great for him. That's well, great for you. Great for my fantasy. Oh, no, team. totally. And, I mean, here's the thing, man. Those two guys are great because they one draws attention from the other, but there's been very few times in the last handful of years where they've both had big games. Mm. So that when, when Diggs, when it's just Diggs, Diggs is really good, man. He's really I good. mean, if you just throw him the ball, he's good. And the fact that they're running the ball at such a high clip. I hate to admit it. He is really good. And Dalvin Cook is really good. Yep. And the Vikings are going to roll the only weirdness Thursday night man Thursday night and when Washington is not going to probably have another national spotlight game the rest of the season and they're going to have a little something maybe a little pride a little something extra for Kirk okay boys and girls enjoy the game we'll be back tomorrow wrap it up on a Friday Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 